You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 101. What is black mold? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we're asking a very seems simple question, except it's not. What is black mold? <laughs> well, we hear the term black mold all the time. And it it's just interesting because there are, there are different mold types that can be black. There's a lot of them that can. And I say this all the time. Mold is so complex. I mean, it's just... There are thousands and thousands of uh, mold species and then subspecies. It's just, it's just so complex. But when, when someone says, well, I have black mold, I kind of chuckle like, okay. It's like telling your doctor you have a cough. There's <laughs> exactly. So much to it. <laughs> okay. It could be a hundred different things. So we just wanted to do an episode where we talk about, you know, black mold and mainly stachybotrys. And so I'm going to ask a question that, is stachybotric botrys black in color? Yes. Okay, so so stachybotrys is always black in color? Typically. But all black-colored mold may not be stachybotrys. Is that accurate? Exactly. Okay. But what I want to explain, though, is, is typically when you see dormant mold, stachybotrys in a dormant state is black. Okay. And we're coming into spring. We don't quite have green grass yet, but a lot of our listeners probably do. Mm-hmm. But does green grass, is all of it, is every blade of it dark no. green? No. It's the same concept. Okay. Pl- and, and what I mean by that is there can be different mold types growing, different mold species growing in the same area. Ah, okay. So you might have some green fuzzy looking. Exactly. Thing. Okay. Some white gotcha. fuzzies. You could okay. have all sorts of stuff. It's... It's like looking in a crowd at a concert. You're going to see all different colors. 
And does the color of the mold indicate the severity? No. Okay. Has nothing to do with it. And that's a good question because once again, we hear the term black mold and I think it's used as a derogatory term for people to say it's toxic mold or it's stachybotrys. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so complex about it. Like there are tons, thousands of, of mold types that can produce mycotoxins. So when you say, well, I have the black toxic mold. Okay. It's like saying I have blonde hair. So does that mean I'm going to be tall? Yeah, exactly. It's like you can't, it doesn't distinguish anything. So it, and that's why we wanted to talk about it is it's just, it's such a generalized term. And, and, and when people say it, I already know they're trying to say, Oh, I have, you know, toxic mold and it's making me sick. Well, that's why mold's complex, and that's why you have people like me that try to explain it to everybody. Well, and to go back on that toxic mold idea, having mold, does, does being able to visibly see mold mean it's toxic? No, I, I guess I'm not quite sure what you're saying. Meaning if... If it's active? What's it, so what does active mean? So, what, so what, I think what you're asking is, so if you see nice white fuzzy mold and you can visibly see it, that's probably an active mold infestation, meaning they're it's germinating, they're reproducing, that okay. that's colony's gonna get bigger versus dormant mold. Dormant mold's not gonna be typically, once again, everything there, there's always variables, but for the most part, dormant mold's not gonna be nice and fuzzy, it's not gonna have that nice texture to it, it's not gonna have that green and, and white look like you see on your bread or your cheese. Okay. It would be like if you saw mold on your bread or cheese and you opened the bag that it was in and let it dry out, it's the same concept on a wall. Okay. The mold would be, it's still there. It's just not active. It's not reproducing. And the reason it's not doing that is because you took the humidity away. Okay. So, so then you don't really know by seeing visible mold whether it is toxic or not. Correct. You'd actually have to do testing and bring in a special... Exactly. You'd have to do other things. Yeah, I mean, if I was a microbiologist, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't just look at something and go, yeah, that's toxic mold. Exactly. It doesn't... You know, it, there's just so much more, I guess, to it. Yeah. Versus just seeing it. I mean, you, you have to have a microbiologist tell you what kind of molds are there. There are different molds. So... We've talked about this in our podcast before. There are three different classifications of mold. You have allergenic, which is just an allergy. So you take an antihistamine, get a shot, whatever, and that keeps your symptoms under control. You have pathogenic, which that means it can, you know, it can create an infection. And then you have toxigenic. Well, you can have a pathogenic mold that subspecies can create a mycotoxin, which would make it toxigenic. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's so, and our listeners hear me say this, that's why mold is so complex. It, it You don't just go, well, I'm sick and there's black mold, so that's what's making me sick. It could have nothing to do with the mold. Yeah. Does that make sense? That, that, that does make sense. So then where does this whole concept of, and I know you've talked about this in your books, mycotoxins come in. I don't know if lots of people understand what is a mycotoxin? How does that relate to mold? What does that mean? Well, the mycotoxins, what it produces that causes, it causes mycosis, which obviously makes you sick, makes you cough, makes you do. And so 
per definition, I'm not going to try to define mycotoxin, but it, it's something that could actually make you very sick and lead to death. And do all um, mold types produce to- mycotoxins? No, there are molds that are simply classified as allergenic. Oh, and so allergenic molds don't produce mycotoxins. Correct. But allergenic molds can still make you sick. Of course. So explain that, because lots of people are like, okay, so if it's allergenic mold, I'm good, but then you're like, no, but you're not good, even though they don't produce mycotoxins. Right. So so let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll go through a scenario, okay? We go to a home, we do a mold inspection, we do air testing, we do a mold inspection, the air tests come back, everything looks good, there's no stachybotrys. I go through the mold types that were detected, I say, well, this is rare, but for to for to answer your question, and I look at it, the molds that are present, and they're all allergenic. None of them are known to produce mycotoxins. I say to my client, "Have you been tested for Cladosporium, which is a common mold type?" And they say, "No." I tell them, "Go to your doctor and be tested for Cladosporium to see if they are allergic exactly. to Cladosporium." Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So at the end of the day, per Science, I guess, is the way to say it. A, a, a mold that cannot produce pathogens or mycotoxins should be able to be treated with antihistamines. Okay. And I, I use the term should because obviously I'm not a doctor, but on the other hand, mold's so complex, it could, you know, it, it's no different than we say with COVID, well, it doesn't really affect children. Well, there, there's, there's some that are affected by it. Mm-hmm. So it could happen, but for the most part, yeah, it's allergenic, and I tell my client, go get tested for those allergies, and then take whatever, Claritin, I don't know, I don't take that stuff, but what you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, Claritin or something like that. So so allergenic, allergenic molds do not produce mycotoxins. Does something like Stachybotrys always produce mycotoxins? No, oh. it doesn't always. And even if it did... It, <laughs> Once again, I, I hope our listeners aren't confused by what I'm saying. Even if it did, it always produced a mycotoxin. Doesn't mean you're always going to get sick from it. Meaning, it might affect you, but it wouldn't affect me. Okay. Like so, COVID. So everybody's body chemistry is different. Exactly. Their immune system, their yep. immunity is different. So therefore, they will respond differently to mycotoxins or any type of mold. Exactly. Okay. So that that makes sense to me. But why is it that Stachybotrys doesn't always produce mycotoxins? Because there's so many subspecies. Ah. Okay. Okay. So there's so Stachybotrys like there's so much underneath it. Right. Okay. Right. And the, and the most common um, is uh, Stachybotrys charterum, mm-hmm. and it's the common one. It's actually more of a brownish color, but you know, I've, I've talked about this before. Mold, you have the species. I know in biology they call it a different name, but I'm not a biologist, so I don't care. <laughs> um, I, I, I classify it as species and subspecies. But you have your species, and then you have a subspecies, which, depending on the mold type, like, I don't know, let's just say Cladosporium, it could produce 225 different subspecies. Wow. And the way those subspecies come into play, just for those that, that don't quite understand it, is you think about it like a gene pool, and there's always new genes coming in. Mm-hmm. There's all these other mold types around it. So, that and, and once again, it's kind of like 
So when we talk about radon, we say it's the natural decay products of uranium and radium. Yes. Just think about if we were to add another type of, of mineral or gas into that, that would make it something different. Yeah. Which, that doesn't happen. I don't want to confuse our listeners, but it's the same concept, if that makes sense. Okay. So you don't, it, we talked about chemicals, um, when we, when we had the, was it was last week's podcast mm-hmm. about bleach. Yeah. We talked about chemicals and not mixing them together, but just think about the fumes from chemicals. Maybe just Clorox isn't too bad, but then you get ammonia mixed in there and it starts burning your nose. It's the same concept with mold. Think of a mold spore right here on the desk. You have Stachybotrys growing, but then you have penicillium over here, Clodosporium, and they're all, they're all mixing together. Before you know it, you have this little forest of molds. Okay, so okay, so that may, the idea of a forest makes sense to me. Different trees are in the forest. Yeah, underbrush. So different subspecies. Yep. Okay, that 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 visual. Uh, maybe I didn't explain it too well, but that's kind of how it works. Okay, so, so I apologize like for- to you, like my for- listeners. It's that- like a forest. Okay, that that helps. So when people understand that black mold isn't just Stachybotrys, that it could be any number of things, typically. Where should people be looking to see if they have any visible black mold in their home? If you want to do, you know, we actually have courses. I wasn't going to promote courses in, in this episode, but I have courses available that will, will walk you through all this. And it's, what are they, $29? Oh, yeah. They're they're, they're yeah. cheap compared to very, the money it'll save you. Very inexpensive. And then I, and I walk you through all of that. But you should be checking in areas that have moisture whether it's your attic area, moisture from a roof, if it's a bathroom, a mechanical room. Just keep in mind, moisture can be, you can have a mold infestation in the middle of a family room yeah, for new, different reasons. So my, my point behind saying it that way, and I know it sounds vague, I'm just saying mold could be anywhere, but as far as where it, it would likely be is behind a water heater, Underneath your sink in your kitchen or your bathroom, in your crawl space, up on the subfloor or the floor joists. It's in areas you're typically not going to be looking a whole lot. And then also it can be behind wall cavities. That's obviously where we see tons of mold. Yeah. Is and you never can see it. So if if it's oftentimes hard to actually visually see the mold, how do people detect if it's especially if you think of like behind a wall? You're not going to just break up your sheetrock because you suspect there's Why something not? back there. Why well, not? Yeah, people who don't want to pay a sheetrock. It, it reminds that. me of a commercial. I, I don't know who it is. I think it's Geico or someone has an insurance commercial. It said, "Yeah, we were told we had money in our home, and the husband's beat holes in the wall." Yeah, you're yeah doing that. So what you do? So from a, uh, if you want me to answer your question from for our listeners or from a from a mold professional from both. So for our listeners, you would probably have to have a mold professional come in. Okay. And we would have to do air testing. If I believe there's an issue, so we're we're sitting in obviously at a desk and we have a window right here, and the window's here, and then you have a stud here, and then you have a wall cavity there, right? Mm-hmm. If I believe that there's mold in that wall cavity, what we do and there. There's actually, ironically, there's no baseboard there. I take a, a drill and with a drill bit. We drill a hole. We actually put a hose in there, and it's just called a wall cavity test, and it's an air test. So we're, we get in between the two studs, and we can see that with our infrared cameras. There's lots of ways you can figure that out. And then we just run an air test in there. That's how we can tell. Okay. 
I mean, it, it's, I, I make it sound simple, but you don't, I, I typically wouldn't jump to that right off the bat for, for a mold inspection. Mm-hmm. I would typically run an air test in this room. And then if we have issues, once we get results back, then I would dive deeper, if that makes sense. So this is where I think that the power of, of listeners doing a mold consultation with you becomes so important. Right. Because you just told me that, and I'd never heard you say that before. We live together. <laughs> so never heard I, you say what? That you should do sort of a wall test. And I, this is the first time I'm hearing that. Oh. And I think for a well, lot you of people. Well, you won't go do, you, you say I talk too much, so you won't come on my mold <laughs> in, uh, inspections. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that's, people don't know what is actually supposed to be happening when they right. hire a mold professional. Right. So they can have a mold consultation with you because they want to bring in a mold professional who's in their local area and you can help and explain to them and help them develop a plan of, well, your mold person, whoever you're going to hire should be approaching it, doing this, 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 and this. Right. I mean, so you sort of help them prepare their expectations for a right. local professional to ensure that they're actually getting the right testing or the right assessments done. Right. And, you know, we do, obviously, the on-site consults mm-hmm. and inspections in Wyoming. Yes. And, and in Utah. And, yeah, northern Utah. And, you know, depending on how far away you are would be just a travel fee, but it's not much. Exactly. And I could save you hundreds of dollars from an inspector that doesn't know what they're doing. So if you live out of the state of, you know, Wyoming or North, excuse me, Northern Utah. Or Idaho. Exactly. Idaho Falls is, I don't know. Not too far. Yeah, three and a half hours or so. But anyways, if you live down in Texas, hiring me before you even hire the inspector, I'll bet you I can save you hundreds of dollars in testing fees, inspection fees, because I'm going to tell you, here... And I'm going to get all your information. So I'll, I'll try to get to the bottom of it before you even have the mold professional come in. But I'll tell you, this is where I would test. This is what I would do. And it will save you a ton of money. So don't think just because you're in Texas that it's not worth it. But yeah, we, you know, I deal with clients all the time that I'm like, oh boy, they had mitigation done or a mold inspection or mold testing. And it's like, they should have had a consultation with me because I probably could have saved a lot of money. Absolutely. And and it's just something to really, really think about. What is your call to action for people on this topic of black mold? So right now, just get up from wherever you're at. If you're in your car, don't do this. <laughs> and go into your bathroom, your mechanical room, anywhere, and just look. Just take five minutes and look with your flashlight. Or if you don't have one, I would hope all of our listeners have one. Just visually look and see if if you can see any active mold, meaning it, it it's going to be a green color, dark color, black, whatever. And then try to tell if, if you can sense that it's humid, too. Or as, as you say, humid. Yeah, humid. So look for it. So, do, so get up and do an inspection. Yep. Absolutely. There you have it. There's your call to action. And go to cncontractorservices.com to find out more about the mold consultations. All right, everybody, we'll catch you in the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.